0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. What's the longest you've had to wait on a promise from God? Maybe you've been waiting for years for an answer that hasn't come yet. Pastor Jim reminds you today that God's promises don't always come to fruition quickly. Many people in the Bible had to wait years, even decades, for the Lord's promises to come true in their lives, and sometimes those people weren't even alive to see those promises fulfilled. However, waiting becomes easier the more you trust in the Lord to do what He said. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 25 as he begins his message, Pain in the Midst of Promises.
1: It's very common for people to read the Bible and feel guilty. Has that ever happened to you? What Well, the rest of you just don't read your Bible. (laughs) One of the reasons is we've become very much aware of our shortcomings, things we don't do very well. And it's also true in, in Bible times when you read about the people in the Bible. If you put yourself in the story, sometimes you're reading and you're like, oh boy, they're doomed. And in today's world, it's easy to feel like the people of God or the church is just not going to emerge victorious. You ever feel like we're fighting a losing battle? Now, why is that? I think it's very easy for all of us to feel like, at times, we're not up for the task at hand, we're not up for whatever God has for us to do. And so, uh, even if that's true, I think we wanna look for some ways that we can fight off some of that thinking. Uh, One of the ways is we fight it off is we realize that God has chosen to keep his promises and show his power working through flawed people in a variety of circumstances. Now, some of you may be insulted the fact that I said that you're a flawed person, I've grown quite used to it, to be honest with you. <laughs> and uh, the further along you go in the Christian life, the more you realize this is absolutely impossible. There's no way I'm going to do this without God's help. So we've decided to camp out in Genesis chapter 25 till we get to the life of Joseph. And as we come to Gen- Genesis 25, we come to the ending of the life of Abraham, who we studied a couple years ago. Remember in COVID when we had no idea where we were going? Well, so we studied a venture into the unknown, but now we're going to come back to him. He's died, and we pick it up in verse 19 where it says, this is the genealogy or the family records of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac, meaning he, he fathered Isaac. Now, Isaac was the child of promise. God told Abraham, I'm going to do a lot of great things in your life. And so Abraham and his wife, Sarah, were headed to the promised land. God said, you're going to have a baby. And they waited years and years and years. I know some of you are very spiritual and you think, well, God's always right on time. Others of you think somebody should buy that dude a watch. But um, <laughs> because I've been waiting for so many different things for God to do, and he seems to be taking his time. I guess that's what happens when you're eternal. 700 years before Jesus came, long after Abraham was gone, Isaiah 41:8, God said that Abraham was his friend. Isn't that, isn't that a cool thing? I'd like to be called to God to say, oh yeah, there's my friend. And again, earlier in Genesis, God had promised Abraham Go to this place, the Promised Land. It's going to be yours. I'm going to give you descendants as numerous as the stars. Right now, Abraham's like, uh, we don't have even one kid. God, what's what's up the deal with that? Uh, I'm going to give you a. Your people are going to be a great nation. And Isaiah, uh, Isaac, sorry, has the difficult task of now his father's dead, and he's been born. And he has the difficult task of following in the footsteps of his far from perfect, but considered great father, Abraham. So Isaac and his much more famous son, Jacob, show us how God's plans and power more than compensate for our flaws. And this is a very important concept for all of us to realize. Other than that, you're gonna think it all depends upon you. And when you fail, you're going to think the gig is up, instead of realizing that God can overcome our mistakes and plenty of you know, things that we do wrong. But there's a few things I want us to remember, and we'll look at them in the passage. Number one, life is often difficult. No amen on that one? <laughs> life is often difficult. Thank you one person's awake. <laughs> he was out in the parking lot while you were all eating. <laughs> okay. Some of you are like, now pastor Jim tell me something I didn't know. Verse 20 and 21, Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebecca as his wife. Very old in that culture to get married when you're 40. Uh, now I think it's young in our culture, but Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebecca as his wife, the daughter of Bethuel of the Syrian of Paden Aram the sister of Laban, the Syrian. We'll see him. He's a piece of work. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. She was childless. And the Lord granted his plea and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Now if you go back to chapter 24, we're not going to go back there tonight, you'll see that the way that Isaac and Rebecca met was quite miraculous, and he is the child of the miraculous child. Sarah was way too old to have a baby, and she had a baby, so he's the miracle child. And so you would think now that things are in gear, right? Okay, so the miracle child is born. He finds a wife. You would think they would get married, and all of a sudden, boom, like wedding night baby, you know, honeymoon baby, now, some of you say that never happens. There's no such thing as wedding night babies and honeymoon babies, and the last one I'm aware of being born is me. Um, so I was born nine months after my parents got married, and so um, that just it does, does happen, but Isaac has to wait. He has to wait. He has to carry out God's promises of to Abraham of descendants, and as we're going to see they're going to have to wait 20 years for the child to promise, the next one. 20 years. So, I mean, a great nation is supposed to come through Isaac and his bride. The Messiah is supposed to come through Isaac and his bride. Could you imagine you have that promise from God and you're waiting for 20 years for that promise to come about, and it's not like some promise like you're going to heaven, right, it's a promise that you're gonna have this great, great bunch of descendants. Plus, you got all these people around you, so annoying. So, when are you gonna have a baby? <laughs> some great nation, right? And it's like, what, what, what's going on here? Yet the Bible writer, who we believe to be Moses, makes the point very clear Isaac pleaded with the Lord. He was like, Lord, day in and day out, are you kidding me? What's going on? You made a promise. And look at the pain that me and my wife were going through. And then it says, again, Moses wants to be very clear, the Lord granted his plea. So let's give Isaac some credit. If you know the story of his parents, Abraham and Sarah, he didn't do what his parents did. Anybody remember what they did? They tried to help God out. They were waiting years and years and years, and Sarah was like, well, Abraham, I'm just too old. Why don't you go make a baby with my maidservant? You know, go, go ask the domestic help and whatever. And then, so she has a baby. She gets pregnant. What does she end up doing? She ends up hating her. It's like, it was your idea. Now, Abraham, you could have said no, okay? And, and he ends up hating her. He ends up hating the child, and just not a good thing. And that resulted in his half-brother, Isaac's half-brother, Isaac's older brother, who was uh, Ishmael. Now, Ishmael, by the way, had 12 sons. So there you have the son of the not promise. The son of of the great idea that we're gonna help God. He's got 12 sons. You're the son of the promise, and you've got none. Now, again, you're spiritual people. I get that. And well, maybe you just came for the food. But um but wouldn't you be like, what's the deal, God? See, you wouldn't be like that. I would be like that. I'd be like, are you kidding me? This is is this is crazy. What's going on here? And this is something, I'm just going to be honest with you, I really don't like about life, but I'm so thankful that it's in the Bible. You know, sometimes you ever meet anybody and they tell you this mistake they made, I'm always like, well, thank you, I hope I benefit from your mistakes. Um, And so, I like it about the Bible is, there's been times in my life when things seem absolutely hopeless. And there's time and time again for people in the Bible when things seem absolutely hopeless, then sometimes when there's absolutely zero hope and the promises seem dead, God shows up. And he begins to work. Just when you thought it's never going to happen, all of a sudden, there he is. He shows up. Now that may be your life. Maybe you're there right now. And these kinds of lessons we learn from the Bible are meant to give us hope that God will show up, maybe in this life, maybe in the next, but he will show up. You can be guaranteed of that. Now, I pretend to know nothing, absolutely nothing, and I've spent a lot of time with couples that have experienced this, of the pain of wanting a child and not having one. And if you don't know that pain... Please do not pretend like you do. Don't do that. You're just going to come off looking like, all right, an idiot. <laughs> A lot of loss for words. We all know this, when you go through some difficult thing in your life, that there are just some things that are so difficult, it can only be understood by others who are going through it or have gone through it. So there's just some things you just can't understand. I say to you guys sometimes that I read a billion books on being a pastor, studied it up to be a pastor, did all this preparation to be a pastor, and nothing can prepare you for being a pastor. It's kind of like being a parent. You're an expert on parents, being a parent, right, until you have kids. Then you have no idea what you're talking about. Then you become a grandparent. All of a sudden, you become an expert again. <laughs> Your kids are looking at each other, well, we didn't turn out perfect. <laughs> what are they talking about? And so there's great pain. But we all know plenty of other disappointments. And over time, as your faith grows, you will realize that the way to get through certain times in life is simply to hold on tightly to the promises of God, knowing that his timing and your timing often do not agree and so we just continue to hold on to his promises some people will come along and tell you here's your problem you just don't have enough faith did you ever have anybody tell you that right you want to punch them in the nose don't you no you don't I do what does it say here Isaac pleaded with the Lord. Some bozo probably came up to him and said, well, you just don't have enough faith. Moses wants us to be very clear. Isaac pleaded with the Lord. But yet he will experience pain in the midst of God's promises. Nobody says we're going to get a free ride in this life because we become a Christian. If you got a free ride in this life, everybody would want to be a Christian they just want to sign up for the free ride. But that's not the way it is. Genesis 15, 6 says this, and he, talking about Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he, the Lord, accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, if you are not a follower of Jesus, first off, thanks for being here. If you're watching online, listening on the radio, glad you're with us. Hang in there. There's a lot to be learned from these character studies that we're doing. They're really not character studies. They're really studies in the grace of God. But, but anyway, this is how you get to heaven. You believe God that the only way to get to heaven is to put your trust in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and it will be credited to you as righteousness. In other words, you will, be, you will appear before God as if you had lived Jesus' perfect life. However, that does not mean that we just believe and then go live however we want We have to take our faith into our daily decisions. We have to take our faith with us. Our faith demonstrates that we, in fact, do believe in God, that, in fact, God has done the miracle of the new birth in our lives. Now, this is something we see over and over again in the Bible, how important it is to trust God when things are going badly. What happens a lot of times is, when things are going really well, we forget God. And then when things are going badly, we cry out a few times and then we're just kind of just, we get embittered with him and like we're just waiting on him and we don't, we don't know, we just kind of, what are you doing, God? But here's something you need to be very much aware of, very much aware of. When things are not going well for you, when you're not getting your way, the other guy, how many of you know who the other guy is? Raise your hand nice and high if you know who the other guy is. The other guy. Okay, good. Most of you know him. The other guy will come along with a great shortcut, right? He will come along with an easier way that might not be so easy. Do not take the bait. And the bait often comes as a shortcut, as a way. To get what you want very quickly. To what, Abraham and Sarah? To help God out. And it ends up being a disaster. All I can tell you is this. Waiting is easier for those who trust in the Lord in faith, in prayer, and in daily decisions. See, when I said faith, you all went, yeah. And then I said prayer, you said, yeah. And then I said daily decisions, and most of you went, hmm. <laughs> right? It's those daily decisions that demonstrate the effect of our faith and the effect of our prayer. Some things we just need to leave with Jesus. We just need to say, you know what? I cannot do anything to change this right now. I'm just going to continue to pray, I'm continued to walk in faith. I'm going to continue to obey you in daily decisions. And you will find, as you trust God when life is difficult, that that is actually building your faith. But if you take the shortcut, you're not going to learn that. And so you have to learn to trust in God as, you're, as He builds your faith. So, now, she's going to have a baby. Right there. The end of verse 20, 21 said, and Rebecca, his, the Lord granted his plea, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Right? All right. We're off to the races. Right? Things are going to be a lot easier now. How many of you believe that? I have a bridge to sell you if you do. <laughs> Not really. This is why we must remember, number two, God is in control. God is in control. We call that God's sovereignty. Verse 22, but the children, their names are Jacob and Esau, struggled together within her. Some versions say with each other. They're actually fighting in the womb. I know, I know you're, none of your kids ever fought, those of you who have kids. They never fought, right? I always say that to the young parents when I see them here. They're like, their kids are crying, and I'm like, you know, my kids never cried. They're always happy. They look at me like, is he serious? He's a pastor. I don't know. <laughs> or I'll see their kids fighting, and I'll be like, our kids never fought. Of course, I don't tell them that I was probably the one that instigated it, but that's another story for another day. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this, Right? Like, okay, God, you answered our prayer. What in the world is going on? Another version says, why is this happening to me? So what is she, what is she kind of saying? She's like, this is so painful. I feel like I'm going to die. Like, what, what is going on? Now, God has the sonogram. He knows what's going on. They didn't have that back then. Like, now they'd be like, oh, it's easy. They're just fighting in the womb. <laughs> So she went to inquire of the Lord. So so what's her problem? She's afraid. She's afraid. You know, most of you, you any of you women that first child, man, you're just afraid. You're like, you know, what's going on? All oh, you wanted to have a baby, and then all of a sudden you got pregnant, and you're like, oh, gosh, your husband, you're like, I hate what you did to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Not my wife, your wife. (laughs) (laughs) And so so you're you're there. She's afraid. But when you're afraid, that's why it's so important to remember what? God is in control. That's why it's very important. And you may not like what's going on, but it's important to remember that. Verse 23 says, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. She's like, it feels like two nations are in my womb. (laughs) And they will be called Israel and Edom, and they will not be friends. The two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Now, that would be contrary to custom. It didn't work out that way. Let's just step back, and let's look at the situation here. Isaac was praying to God. God, I have a problem. Please get my wife pregnant. His wife now, she's praying, Lord... This is a problem, being pregnant. See, they can't get there. This is what we might call a difficult pregnancy. But the Lord says, oh, oh no, it's way worse than a difficult pregnancy. <laughs> like, thanks, God. <laughs> right? That's going to be a much bigger problem with these two boys. Once again, the language seems to be like they're fighting in the womb. They're wrestling. The sibling rivalry has begun, and they haven't even seen the light of day. Now, what does Rebecca need? The same thing we all need when things are not going well. Faith and patience. (laughs) (laughs) Easy for you to say, Pastor Jim. (laughs) Yeah, she needs faith and patience. Something I fear, the second word, patience, We don't hear enough about that in contemporary American Christian culture, do we? No, 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 no. We want everything right now. Like, Pam and I were talking about this the other day. You know, could you believe years ago if someone said you could just order on Amazon and get it in two days? Now, if you order some things, $25 or more, you get them within hours. You're like, what's taking so long? Come on. They said, you'd be here by 2, it's 2.05, where you been, buddy? (laughs) They're like, I got lost, no excuse, no excuse. Now, if you are a a new follower of Jesus, let me just be perfectly honest with you. The tests are coming. They are. The beginning, sometimes it may be a little bit easier for some people, but the tests are coming, and, and the good news is the Lord is with you. And so try not to let them unsettle you or unsettle your faith. Remember that God is in control. He's doing something that you and I can't see. And it's very interesting the way we're introduced to some of these characters here. Genesis, the way Genesis introduces us to this family line of Jesus. We meet Abraham and he's 75, We're told Isaac is coming, and for chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter in the life of Abraham, we're waiting for him. Finally, Isaac shows up. Now, the first mention of Isaac and Rebekah, boom. Jacob already here. He's not even born yet. Abraham was revered for leaving home and heading to the promised land, As we said, we saw along the way, he made plenty of mistakes. Isaac seems to be to play less of a role. We'll see a little bit more about him, but then he sort of goes off the scene. Next week we'll talk more about him, Lord willing. He doesn't get a lot of ink in the Bible. He's just part of the, you know, get making our way towards Jesus. And Jacob. Jacob's a piece of work. (laughs) That's all you can really say. Jacob is the poster boy for family dysfunction. He's the poster boy for treachery. Yet he is also an incredible demonstration of the grace of God. Of how God uses flawed people to carry out his promises. So maybe you've made a mistake and you think, well, it's all done for me. No. No. Jacob will show us that it's not that way. Jacob shows us just how powerful God is and that nothing, nothing can stop the plans and purposes of God in our lives because God is sovereign. He is in control over
0: all of these things. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Change by Love.